you really know the connection between your teeth and the rest of your health? Did you know that problems in your body can affect your teeth and vice versa? If you have silver fillings, what could they be doing to present a toxic environment to your system? Welcome to the Tooth Body Connection with Dr. Don Ewing. In this program, you'll learn about precautions and safe practices in order to keep your teeth and the rest of your body at safe and healthy levels of life. Now, here is Dr. Dawn Ewing. I am Dr. Dawn Ewing. I'm the Executive Director of the International Academy of Biological Dentistry and Medicine. You know, years ago, I started off my uh, work journey in dental medicine and kind of got out of dentistry and got more into the medical aspect of it, only to find out that most of people's health problems really stemmed from something that was in the mouth. And that kind of started me on a quest. The group of doctors that are affiliated with the International Academy of Biological Dentistry and Medicine get that connection. They totally understand that the materials that are in your mouth could cause health problems for you. And today we're going to be talking about the possibility of dental infections and root canals and how we can identify the types of bacteria that are in there. My guest today is a good friend of mine, Dr. Bob Wheeler. Bob got his bachelor's degree at the University of Southern California back in 1975. And then he started working on cool things like Pseudomonas and Ypestis, which is the bacteria that's associated with bubonic plague, and he got really into bugs. And so then he kind of morphed into a a teacher that got very interested in DNA and started working with Dr. Hal Huggins, who has just recently passed away. And Bob started uh, with Dr. Huggins and created a DNA research lab where they now do testing for oral pathogens. And so I would like to introduce... Dr. Bob Wheeler. Bob, if you can kind of expand a little bit, tell us uh, uh, something about yourself that I haven't already mentioned. Oh, um, hi, everybody. Um, well, I'm married. I have two beautiful daughters. Uh, one daughter, Jennifer, got married uh, June 6th and is now uh, making me a grandfather. Yay. I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've worked here at the lab for five years. So was this Dr. Huggins' idea to look for the DNA of the bacteria instead of using the traditional cultures? It is, it is. He, um, it was actually kind of funny. My wife said, after I asked one too many times, what should we have for dinner, or what, what are you making for dinner, uh, which was probably not a great idea on my, my end, um, she said, I need to get a part-time job. So I promptly went up and got on Craigslist, and there posted three days before was an advertisement uh, requesting a retired microbiologist with an interest in DNA. And I uh, have uh, degrees in microbiology, and I love DNA. DNA is my passion. Um, actually teach a course called, or I taught a course for, um, oh, wow, 20 years called Honors of DNA Science, which was biotech, um, molecular bio, molecular genetics oriented. And I, I went in and interviewed with Dr. Huggins, and he asked me if I had ever heard of him, and I said no. 
And he asked me if I'd ever heard of biological or holistic dentists, and I was like, no. So it's, it's been educational for me. He, um, he asked me if I would design and build him a lab that would detect the microbial uh, DNA in root canal teeth and cavitations and other oral samples. So that's, that's how we got started. Yeah, and I'd like the listeners to know that you were one of our uh, guest speakers this year at our conference that was in Nashville, and Bob is affectionately known as Dr. DNA. So. <laughs> cool. <laughs> uh, I like that. I like that. That fits. Yeah. So, you know, for me, when we would take samples from either root canal teeth or from cavitations, we would use aerobic and anaerobic cultures and have to wait weeks on end in order for the samples to grow and then for somebody to be able to identify what they are. Can you tell us what the difference is between the DNA tests and those old cultures? I can. Um, we actually, it's, it's kind of funny because the inspector for CLIA, which is our certifying agency, asked the very same question, why aren't you just culturing these microbes? And I explained that uh, some of them, like the Clostridia, Clostridia botulinum, Clostridia tetani, perfringens difficile, can take eight weeks to grow. And they're extremely difficult to grow, um, and the smell of them growing is terrible as well. And a lot of the patients don't want to wait eight, eight to ten weeks to get their results. Um, with uh, our doing basically DNA fingerprinting on these various microbes, we can have an entire test finished in about four hours. Wow. Okay, so I used some big words just a moment ago, aerobes and anaerobes, a bacteria that grow within oxygen and those that live without oxygen. Uh, does it matter for the DNA test? Uh, Do they pick up one better than another? Not really, as long as, they, as long as the microbe has DNA, or actually we can also look at RNA because we're looking at that in our viral panel with hepatitis A, C, E, and G. Um, using an enzyme called reverse transcriptase. But, but the, the obligate anaerobes, the clostridia, which are when they're at first exposed to oxygen, they die. Those are the really bad ones. Um, you know, tetanus, gas, gangrene, botulism. Um, the facultative anaerobes, things like E. coli, uh, can grow either in the presence of oxygen or without oxygen, whereas the obligate anaerobes like the clostridia are killed on contact with the uh, with oxygen, but the DNA is intact, so we can detect the bug whether it's alive or dead. So those that are listening, when they hear DNA, you know, we think of a murder and maybe finding a hair or somebody's saliva on a glass and, and being able to determine that in specific individual based on that DNA fingerprint. Can you elaborate on what DNA is and then tell us the difference between DNA and RNA? Okay. Well, um, DNA stands for deoxyribonucleic acid. It's composed of a sugar called ribose, uh, five-carbon sugar, that is missing an oxygen, uh, hence why it's called deoxyribose. Um, nucleic acid, because those sugars are connected together by phosphate uh, molecules, a phosphate ribose back, deoxyribose backbone, with nucleotides, um, adenine, thymine, guanine, and cytosine, which are then attached to that ribose or deoxyribose molecule. 
The difference between RNA and DNA, RNA is ribonucleic acid, and ribose uh, is not missing an oxygen. So the, the basic difference, very simplistically, between DNA and RNA is the presence or absence of a single oxygen atom. Okay. So how specific is this DNA? Is it absolutely 100% foolproof? Well, there's nothing that's 100% foolproof. Uh, when I was building my house in the mountains, the, the guy who was selling me the instructions on how to build an A-frame said, these instructions are foolproof. And I said, you, you and I must have different definitions of fools because <laughs> these are kind of complex, They're, and I'm not a fool. So I, I, I think we're different there. But um, the, the specificity of the test, we use um, primers, which are short sequences of DNA that are 30 nucleotides long. And if you do the mathematics, the statistics of it, based, well, the mathematics, um, there are four different nucleotides, adenine, thymine, guanine, cytosine, A, T, G, and C, if you will. And the probability of those occurring um, in a certain sequence of 30 nucleotides is 4 to the 30th power, and that's the equivalent of being 1 times 5 times 10 to the negative 18 chance of us being wrong. Wow. Um, so that's, that's comparable to finding one grain of sand on the planet. So we're, we're pretty happy with our test. Yeah, it's yeah very, it sounds like specific. it. So walk me through a test. Do I just swish and spit and take a sample of everything that's in my mouth? And, or do I get more specific and go with a paper point directly into a, a, you know, right into a socket where a tooth is? Well, it, it kind of depends on what you're looking for. We've done, we've done it both ways, actually three ways. Um, we've done paper points where you take a little uh, piece of paper, put it between the, the tooth and the gum, chew on a popsicle stick for a minute, pop that out, put it into a tube and send it to us. That will tell you the DNA that is in that infection in that tooth specifically. The problem with that is um, if, if you're trying to do it yourself, using a mirror and, and forceps and maybe some Kleenex to hold your lip back, um, a lot of people have a tendency to soak that paper point with their saliva. So unless you have a dentist who's really, you know, got a lot of practice doing that, it's, it's not optimal. Um, what we use now, what we're recommending, is a, a something called super floss. It's just a wider floss that's very absorbent for DNA, and you can floss around the tooth of interest. Or you could do an entire survey where you floss around every tooth, send the floss to us, we can tell you everything that's in your mouth. But it won't specifically localize to one tooth. It would just be a survey of the entire mouth. And with saline, if you rinse your mouth out with saline vigorously, um, we will get some, some of the bacteria, but we won't get the ones that are, at, at shall we say, the root of the problem. Okay. All right. Well, that makes sense. I tell you, I think what we're going to do is we're going to take a short break here. And when we come back, you know, we know that everybody has microbes in their mouth. 
and we would like to find out why in the world we would do testing. And of course, if you're interested in a dentist that could provide this test for you, I'm going to encourage you to go to our website, which is www.iabdm.org. That's International Academy of Biological Dentistry and Medicine. And we'll be right back with Bob. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Step by step, you made it through the journey of pregnancy. Now your baby is in your arms and you're on the cusp of a new journey, breastfeeding. As a new parent, you receive a lot of advice, much of it conflicting, some of it outdated. Tune into Born to be Breastfed with host Marie Biancuzo to bust through the myths about feeding your baby. Marie and her guests will help you figure out what you can expect and put you on the best and surest path on your breastfeeding journey. Listen every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We are bombarded daily with information about beauty products and anti-aging treatments. Do you know how they have been tested? Are they truly going to make a change or just take the change out of your pocket? Tune in to Shelly's Show and Tell with host Shelly Hancock. We'll bring you the top-rated skincare products and treatments tested by Real Transformation Skin Care Centers. We'll motivate you to make the best changes. Listen Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. Are you ready for a real, fact-based show about alternative and natural approaches to health? Listen for Live Healthy, Be Healthy with Drs. Jim and Janine Fox. We're not about the latest health fads. We're about proven methods from real patients and real situations. Each week's show is an eye-opening look behind the scenes of real health. Live Healthy, Be Healthy can be heard live every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health & Wellness Channel. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to the Tooth Body Connection. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Dr. Don at drdon.net. That's drdon at drdon.net. Now, back to the Tooth Body Connection. Yes, we were speaking with Dr. Bob Wheeler, who is uh, uh, working with DNA to identify different microbes or bacteria in the mouth. And, and Bob, if somebody wanted to get more information on this, exactly where would they contact? You know, would, um, would it be through email or? Well, they could do email. Um, the easiest way to find out about our company and what we offer is to go to our website, which is www.dentaldna.us. That's www.dentaldna, all one word, .us. And that describes each of our tests. It has a form for ordering kits. Um, and give some background on how the lab started, and even has pictures of the lab staff, including myself. 
<laughs> now, if they wanted to order kits, could they order kits on their own or they have to go through a practitioner? They can actually order them on their own. Most of, most of our uh, tests, though, do come from dentists. Um, I would say the majority are from dentists, over 90, 99%. Okay. Well, you know, when we started off before our break, I told people that, you know, we do have microbes in our mouth, and some of those serve a good purpose, and they're healthy microbes. So why would we be doing testing for microbes? Give us an example. Well, okay, so we actually, I've gotten a couple of calls from infectious disease fellows who start off by saying, well, you know, the mouth is full of microbes anyway, bacteria anyway. And I said, yes, and we don't really test for those. We test for the ones that are pathogenic and virulent. Um, you know, if you have tetanus in your mouth or gas gangrene or um, even, you know, some forms of E. coli, that, that would be a problem. So, but, but the other thing is, besides testing for bacteria, we're also looking at a variety of viruses. Uh, we're looking at a, a parasite. We're, we're planning on looking at more parasites. Intamoeba is the one we're looking at right now, which is a single-cell parasite which can cause uh, bloody diarrhea, um, you know, just, just kind of be a problem. And uh, we also look at fungi, so we're looking at Blastomyces dermatitidis and also Candida albicans. And Candida albicans will occur if there's an imbalance in that normal flora of bacteria in your mouth where, um, for example, you're doing a steroidal inhaler or you're on uh, uh, antibiotics which just destroy the mouth, the normal bacterial flora in the mouth, the candida albicans will bloom and form a, a, a condition called thrush. So we're, yeah. we're, kind, of, we're kind of pointing out this is, this is maybe why you're having problems with that infected root canal tooth or a cavitation or just oral, general oral health. So if a person had a generalized candidiasis, which would maybe be in a gut, would you, in fact, find it through dental DNA testing through the saliva? Um, we could. I mean, as, as people, people have asked, well, how do I get E. coli in my mouth? And I said, well, <clears throat> I mean, not to be too graphic, but if you vomit, you know, you're bringing your, your uh, stomach contents back up into the mouth, and it can colonize the tissues in the mouth, and we can pick that up. Okay, so why wouldn't everybody get DNA testing done, just especially those that have health problems, to just rule out that there's something major going on? Because when I heard you say gas gangrene, that's uh, certainly everybody knows that you wouldn't want anything gangrenous in your body, uh, and yet I would imagine that that's probably coming from a root canal tooth. Why wouldn't people just have the test done just, just to check? Well, um, we do have some people who do that, but usually it's people who are, are having uh, severe health issues or health issues like chronic fatigue syndrome or, um, you know, just, just a variety of other things. We, we have people who have, you know, they're... they're root canal tooth is bothering them, could be infected, um, or even worse is if it's become infected and then it doesn't hurt anymore, that means it's knocked out the nerve. Um, so it, just because it doesn't hurt anymore, it could be, mean you have a more serious problem. 
but but these bacteria in the root canal um, are kind of sequestered there, and they're releasing toxins into the system. Um, could be lipopolysaccharide, could be endotoxins, exotoxins. Um, I I spent some time at um, Shriners Burns Institute in Cincinnati developing a vaccine to Pseudomonas aeruginosa, which is a, a terrible bug to get in in our burn patients because it is multiply resistant to a variety of different antibiotics. We would drop 14 different antibiotics on this bug at one time, and only two would work. So we would use those two, and a week later, those didn't work because the, the bacteria had mutated. So, um, But one of the things with Pseudomonas is it releases an exotoxin, exotoxin A, which uh, basically knocks out your liver, and you definitely need your liver to survive. So... That's just one microbe in what it can do to your system if it's, if it's uh, a localized infection in the mouth. What types of bacteria are you finding in root canal teeth? Oh, boy. Um, well, uh, when we first started, I asked Dr. Huggins, I said, what would you like me to look for? What microbes would you like me to target? And he said, well, no, that's your job. <laughs> I said, Okay. Uh, so I, I found a paper by Ann Haffigy from the Forsyth Institute where they had 100 different microbes that caused um, endodontic, or not endodontic, um, uh, oral infections. And I picked the top uh, 100 and whittled that down to 90. So we're, we're looking at, um, like I said, Blastomyces dermatitis, entamoeba, hepatitis B, uh, chlamydia, pneumonia, cytomegalovirus, Epstein-Barr. Um, we're, we're looking at 90 different microbes, Acinetobacter baumannii, which is Arachibacter, E. coli, uh, Haemophilus ophrophilus, just because it sounds so cool, uh, but it's a cousin for Haemophilus influenzae, uh, which type B causes uh, uh, infant uh, meningitis is a... Uh, is, uh, bacteria that will actually infect the brain of infants and kill them. Um, but, I mean, we're, we're looking at a classic example. We, had, we don't hear back from many of our dentists when we send the reports off because, you know, the problem's taken care of. But we had one of our dentists call and said, I'm so glad you're doing this intamoeba test because I've had a patient who's had bloody diarrhea for months now. They keep putting her on different antibiotics, and it's not working. We found she had intamoeba. They put her on an antiparasitic, and two weeks later, she's cured. So you have to target the right bug. You have to, right. you have to hit the right microbe. So uh, Borrelia has become a, almost a household name now, with, with Lyme's disease being much more prevalent than we ever thought it was, especially you know 10 or 15 years ago. Who, who knew anybody that had Lyme's? And now there's so many. Uh, there's a book on every book stand about somebody who has Lyme's disease. Do you ever find Lyme's in the mouth or in a tooth? Um, we actually did kind of an impromptu survey where we looked at 100 different samples, and we found 18 were positive for Borrelia, um, Borrelia burgdorferi to be specific. Um, so when we found that out, we, we decided to make a, a different test because Besides Borrelia burgdorferi, there's also Borrelia recurrentis and Miyamotoi, which cause Lyme disease. We test for those. But uh, we had one of our naturopaths ask, well, can you test for the co-infectors? So, of course, I then had to do research and find out about Babesia, Bartonella, Babesia, Bartonella, Bartonella yeah. and Anaplasma. 
so we now we now test for all of those as well. Um, but we we act, a, a lot of those. In fact, this timely. We're actually running a test right now where someone sent us uh, some CSF, cerebral spinal fluid, which um, I would not want anyone to have to be, you know, poked for because that needle looks like it's three feet long when they're coming at it, coming at you with it. Um, but we, we do have a CSF sample and a urine sample, and urine is our typical test that we run for Lyme because it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt to get that out. Um, but we have found that people with, who are, have tested positive for Lyme we get better results if they move those joints, they bend their elbows, bend their knees, move their neck back and forth, um, and then urinate about an hour later, and we're actually picking up the DNA of those co-infectors and of Borrelia. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so now, now I'm a little confused. So walk me through a test. A dentist takes out a tooth okay. or cleans out an area where cavitation is, which is uh, an area of bone that's not as healthy as it could be, and there's actually a hole or a void there. And so you go in and clean that out, and then you send the tooth or some of the proceeds to you? Yes, yes. Um, we actually, if you go to our website and say, hey, I would like to have a kit or five or ten kits um, sent to us for a tooth, or in a case of a cavitation where they drill through and, and hit that cavitation, and then I've heard the smell is horrendous, or can be horrendous. Um, and they they pull out just one drop. I mean, ten drops would be better, but one drop is enough for us to test that for microbial DNA. Um, with an extracted root canal tooth, um, they would just send the entire tooth in one of our, our tubes that's filled with nitrogen and ship that to his express mail. Okay, so um, the urine... Where does that come in? Well, it's um, that's a separate test. Okay, so I got gotcha. you. had people ask, can we can we run a line test with the full view? And it's like, no, because it takes 14 spots of our 90 that we have available to use. So we actually had to make an entirely separate test for Lyme, specifically for Lyme. And, and that is a urine sample, which they do send to us cold. That does have to be sent on ice. Oh, okay. Is it sent on dry ice or? Uh... No, just regular uh, cold packs. Cold packs, um, okay. And then shipped uh, two-day express mail. And okay. we have, it, it's kind of interesting, when we first started doing this test, we had uh, one of our oral surgeons in Australia was sending us uh, urine samples, and they got held up in customs in Los Angeles for a week um, in the summertime. So... Um, one of, one of the lab techs opened up that tube, and it was uh, not a pleasant smell. But <laughs> that, one, that one actually gave us one of the best Lyme results we've ever had, even though it had gotten up to room temperature and above. Wow, okay. So the, the DNA in, in that sample was incredibly stable, or there was a whole bunch of uh, the Lyme DNA present. Okay. Well, we're, we're going to take a break again, and when we come back, I want to hear all the different types of testing because I actually thought that there was just tooth testing, and so now I'm finding out that there's some Lyme testing and some other things. So, Bob, I want to get real clear from you everything that, that this company, which is called Dental DNA, right. if you're interested in finding out more information, you can go to dental.dna.us, and uh, you can... Actually... 
It's actually www.dentaldna, all one word. Oh, okay. Thank you for correcting me there. www.dentaldna.us. Correct. Okay. And we'll be right back from our break after this word. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. How is your health? Do you want to know more about it? Every day there are new technologies, procedures, and healing techniques coming forward. To understand them, tune in to Speaking of Health with Dr. Michael Cudlis. Our guests come from different backgrounds in the fields of health and healing. We'll discuss new realities and modalities, from chiropractic to metagenics. It's all designed to improve your quality of life. Speaking of Health is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Transformational healing includes energy medicine as well as hands-on healing. Tune in every week to Transformational Healing with Dr. Bonnie Morrow. If you want to know more about the business and science of energy fields, chakras, and the medical and spiritual community, join our expert guests as we work together to bring you closer to your personal health vision. Transformational Healing is heard live every Thursday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the 7th Wave Network. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to the Tooth Body Connection. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Dr. Don at drdon.net. That's drdon at drdon.net. Now, back to the Tooth Body Connection. I'm Dr. Dawn Ewing, and today we're speaking with Bob Wheeler in regards to DNA. You know, this is not a test that uh, your average dentist will do. They probably don't even recognize that there's bacteria in a root canal or that anything in your mouth could be causing health problems for you. So if you're interested in finding a dentist that really does understand this connection, I'm going to encourage you to go to our website, www.iabdm.org, in in an effort to find a dentist that you can get connected with that will be able to help you on your health quest. You know, we, we thought in dentistry that we could taxidermy a tooth and we could try to save a tooth at all costs. But now those of us that are in medicine and looking at these root canals are realizing that there is more of a cost than we ever thought with keeping these taxidermy dead teeth in our mouth. And so I'm very interested to ask Bob, have you ever, ever, ever found a sterile root canal tooth? Um, well, we've run about 7,000 different samples 
different patients, different teeth, um, in the oral cavity, of course. We have yet to find a single sterile tooth. Um, our, best, our best so far is we found the DNA from three different microbes. We average between 20 and 24 different microbes found in a, a root canal tooth. And sometimes... And that's, that's out of I, the 90 we look for. And I, I have seen some of the reports come back with even botulinum in there. Yes. We, we've had four cases where they've tested positive for botulinum, and which, which is rare. I mean, four out of 7,000 is not bad, but when you look at how virulent botulinum is or tetanus or gas gangrene, that's, you know, that's not a good result. It's interesting. Um, in fact, we... we <laughs> I had, I had a cracked um, uh, molar myself that I had to have removed, and it was sort of like, well, I'm going to use that super floss and, and track how, how that's doing, because they, they put me on a 10-day course of Keflex uh, before I saw the oral surgeon, and they were booked. So then I went on a 10-day course of doxycycline, and I was sampling with the super floss around that tooth, to find out how antibiotics affected our test. And it's interesting because if the antibiotic worked, the microbial DNA basically disappeared off of our, off of our test. It just went away or it became very, very faint. But when one went away, there were others that would pop up that the antibiotic didn't affect because now there was open territory for these microbes to grow in. It, it, they didn't have competition, free housing, if you will. <laughs> Really, I hear that. So, you know, some people choose to keep their root canals, which means that the tooth that has had the nerve and the blood supply removed has flesh that you're not able to get out of the tooth. It's not possible to get the marrow out of these three miles of tubules that go sideways in the tooth. So as that degrades breaks down, rots, if you will, then uh -huh. God put bacteria on this planet to scavenge that dead flesh, and that bacteria is what uh, Bob is testing. So I know that Dr. Huggins was very interested in the connection of breast cancer and these root canal teeth. Do you have anything to share with us about that? Um, well, I'm, I'm, uh, I know that there are some toxins. Um, my, my master's degree... Uh, in microbiology was working on, it was uh, titled, The Effects of Steroidal Hormones on the Binding Action of Aflatoxin B1 to Rat Liver Cytosol, um, which basically is, uh, it turns out, male rats, when exposed to aflatoxin, which is the most potent biological carcinogen known to man, um, when they were exposed to aflatoxin, they got cancer more often than the females. Um, now, so there, there, are, there are microbes that produce toxins that cause cancer. Um, we're actually working right now on a cancer panel, a hereditary cancer panel, where uh, I am, we're developing a test for BRCA1, BRCA2, hereditary prostate cancer, P53, which is a tumor suppressor gene and proofreading, DNA proofreading gene. So we're actually working on a cancer panel that will look at that, but um, Dr. Huggins, uh, he had done some research finding out different microbes. I think Hafnia alvei was one, which seemed to, if it was found in a, in a patient, um, they had a much higher incidence of breast cancer than 
could be statistically accounted for. Yes, and I remember Bob Jones years ago finding that the bacteria associated with root canals suppress the P53. And, um, you know, it's your, your God-given ability to, to fight cancer. And so yeah. we, you know, we don't want to turn that off. No, uh, no, you need, that, you need that P53 very much. That's, that's the gene that um, when you get sunburned allows you to peel because you have so much DNA damage that's occurred in that cell. It can't be repaired in time. And the P53 gene sends a signal to the nucleus to undergo apoptosis, which is a cool scientific word, which means it tells the cell to commit suicide, and that's why you peel. If you knock out the P53 gene, then you're at a much higher risk for uh, melanomas, skin cancer. So will my regular dentist understand any of this? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> They, um, we, do, we do have some very interesting conversations with them. Um, I, there have been such advancements in the field in the past 20 years, it would depend on when they went to school and if they've had any um, professional development courses in molecular genetics. Um, for, for my advantage, uh, for me, when I was teaching honors DNA science, uh, we were invited each year to the DNA Learning Center at Cold Spring Harbor Labs in Long Island, where I learned new uh, techniques and advances in molecular genetics that I normally would not have picked up in my teaching career. And then I brought those uh, when I started the lab here at Dental DNA, which is also called Dental, or sorry, DNA Connections with an X, because now we're expanding into other tests, which include APOE, uh, which is a, a shows how well an apolipoprotein E can transport cholesterol and mercury, but it's also a predictor for early onset of Alzheimer's. We do a, a tissue typing test for gluten intolerance. Um, we do the Lyme test, of course, that I talked about, and a viral panel where we look uh, at everything from adenovirus to uh, varicella zoster, which causes chicken pox and uh, shingles. Shingles, yeah. Okay, so you actually do five different tests right now, the APOE, which is also, for those that don't know, you know, some people do better uh, with red wine lowering their bad cholesterol and bringing their good cholesterol up, but, but, but depending on what you have genetically, it might be just the flip for you. Uh, the same thing with using baby aspirin. So there's a lot of information that can be gleaned from just that one test, and of course, how many people are, are gluten sensitive? So, right. if will this show if a person has a sensitivity versus an allergy? Well, it it's um, the the gluten test is for um, HLA tissue typing markers DQ2 and DQ8. So, two markers that are ninety five percent predictive for gluten intolerance, which is an autoimmune disease. Um, basically, you mount an immunological response to the gliadin protein in, in wheat, um, and you have uh, severe gastrointestinal issues. And we, we've heard of, I mean, there are people who are taking biopsies of the small intestine looking at that to confirm celiac disease, irritable bowel syndrome, gluten intolerance. Um, for us, we just send you a tube of saline, you uh, swish it in your mouth for 30 seconds, drool into a cup, pour that back into the tube, 
ship it back to us on ice, we don't even need blood. Um, you get a thousand times more DNA from cheek cells than you do from the same volume of blood, and it doesn't hurt. So if we're looking at this, we'll be able to tell. There, there are many times where people do allergy testing, and if you don't have antibodies to gluten, they just tell you, that's it, you're, you're not reactive, you're not allergic exactly. to gluten. No, and it's, yet, a D, it's a DNA-based test, not, not uh, immunoglobulin. Okay, so this is incredible information, especially for people that feel like they're having problems with gluten. Is there an age that uh, is too young to have this test done? Not really. We actually had a, um, uh, a workshop, which was a gluten intolerance workshop, which I didn't know at the time because I had just developed the test. And everyone at the workshop was saying, hey, I want to get that test done. And I had one dental hygienist who said, well, I have two daughters who are 16 and 18. I know I'm gluten intolerant. Can I test them as well? And I said, absolutely. And we'll even discount you on that because we hadn't done that before. And it turned out all three of them had the marker for DQ8, which is 95% predictive for gluten intolerance. They had not shown any symptoms yet, but then again, they were on a gluten-free diet because mom was making the meals and they were all gluten-free. Yes, so, so these little, little kids that are having problems with ADD, ADHD, or problems with their immune system, tummy aches all the time, um, this would be great for little kids to do. Well, for, for the gluten intolerance testing, for the DQ yes. and DQA, yes. 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 And they don't even have to swish saline. They could take a, uh, a swab, uh, basically a long Q-tip, and, and swab both insides of their cheek cells and send that to us. It doesn't give us as much DNA as the saline does, but it's enough that we can run the test. Wow. Okay, so if you're a parent listening to this, um, there are some tests that are now applicable for your children to have, as well as maybe you wanting to get some tests done. We know that biological dentists are more in tune with this kind of information. Of course, if you listen to some of our shows in the past, a lot of our dentists are educated more in nutrition and follow Weston A. Price and some of the other um, important things as far as dentistry and your health and nutrition. So I'm going to encourage you to go to the Dental DNA website, which is www.dentaldna.us. And if you're looking for a biological dentist, go to our website, www.iabdm.org. And when we come back, we'll be... Finishing up with Bob and picking his brain as far as all the DNA goes. We'll be right back. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Join Patricia Raskin, the host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday, 11 Pacific. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call to Positive Living, Mondays at 11 Pacific time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. 
Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. The show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to the Tooth Body Connection. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Dr. Don at drdon.net. That's drdon at drdon.net. Now, back to the Tooth Body Connection. I'm Dr. Dawn Ewing, and today we're talking about the DNA found in your mouth and how it can help identify different bacteria, viruses, and some even genetics going on with your health to try to find out the root, no pun intended, of your health problems. And, you know, one thing that we haven't really touched on is some of the the viral issues. And so, Bob, I know that you said that you have uh, developed a Lyme's panel, but you also have a viral panel. So besides the Epstein-Barr and the cytomegalovirus, can you give me an idea of some of the other viruses that you're looking for? Sure. Uh, We're looking at 25 different viruses. Adenovirus is the first, alphabetically. We're looking at hepatitis A, B, C, E, and G, just in case. Uh, we're looking at 14, uh, the 14 HPV viruses, human papillomaviruses, that cause oral cancer. And um, that, we, we've had some patients who have called who've been disturbed that they've found, we found HPV in their mouth and have had to explain to them that this virus does not necessarily have to be sexually transmitted. It is very difficult to kill. Um, Purell does not affect it. Glutaraldehyde does not kill it. Uh, bleach works, um, and sterilizing, autoclaving works very well. But bleach is not really recommended as a mouthwash. No, it's a terrible mouthwash. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, the people who are, who are wiping their hands with these antibi- antimicrobial lotions, that's not, that's not killing the virus. It's, it's living on uh, counter surfaces, um, toilet seats, if you will, and you can contract it that way. It doesn't have to be sexually transmitted. So we've been trying to educate people on that as well. So when a a sample is taken and it's sent to your lab, and like you said, some of these samples are going in on ice and then get to you and you test them, and walk me through the process as far as you get the sample and then are you specifically finding out what will take care of that particular virus or bacteria? Well, what, what we do is we send out a report, and a lot of these microbes... The average dentist, the average infectious disease fellow, a microbiologist has never heard of, um, like uh, oh, Enterococcus faecalis. Um, they might have heard of Corenibacterium diphtheriae, which causes diphtheria, of course, Enterobacter uh, jagorvie. 
Um, so we, we give a description of what, what each of these microbes is. Uh, is it a bacteria, gram-positive, gram-negative? Uh, we also put down what it infects. Uh, is it associated with endocarditis? Does it cause neural problems? Does it cause intestinal problems? And then we put in um, what the current CDC recommendations are. Now, we have found that uh, the current CDC, well, as of three months ago, for Intamoeba recommended three different antiparasitics, two of which are no longer sold in pharmacies. So those well, are out problem. of date. And, yeah, our, my lab manager, Leslie, is currently doing a literature search where she is trying to find the most current uh, data on how to treat these microbes. Uh, and that's all included in the report under text sheets. gives an explanation um, how, how you would treat that with, with antibiotics, antifungals. Um, antivirals, we don't have a lot in our arsenal for those. Um, but, you know, what, what we can use, we do. Um, and then, of course, there are the naturopaths who are using other remedies other than antibiotics, um, which several of our patients have said, I'm allergic to every antibiotic known. What else can I do? And I say, you need to get in touch with a naturopath. Yeah, homeopathic. Homeopathic, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so I, I would encourage people. So, But I could imagine that a patient gets this report back, or, or even a, a dentist, and I'm going to say a biological dentist, gets this report back and thinks, oh, my gosh, look at this list of bacteria. This is nothing that I'm familiar with taking care of. And so do they then in turn get in touch with an infectious disease control? They can, they can talk to an infectious disease fellow. They can educate themselves and look on this is what this bug is and these are the antibiotics that work. So I'm going to prescribe, you know, a regimen of antibiotics of this type, which will hit the majority of these microbes. But with our report, our, our factor, the, how we report it is based upon how virulent the microbe is, but also how much of the microbe is there. Because if you start with one copy of DNA, one microbe, um, we can detect that. It will make in, in two hours in our machine, our thermal cycler, we will get a billion copies. But oh if you gosh. start with an overwhelming infection of a billion of these microbes, um, a billion, 10 to the 9th CFUs per mil, we get a much brighter band, which we report, saying, okay, they, you, you're starting with a lot of DNA for this microbe. This is basically an overwhelming infection. So, yeah. Bob, what I hear you say is that you can actually quantify it. So somebody shows up with this test and then they're positive and they do a mm -hmm. therapy. They could redo the test to find out that the therapy is actually working. Absolutely. Oh, which my gosh, that's I, which, even better. Which is what I did with my teeth, <laughs> my, my uh, number 18 molar. Okay, um, all right. I could actually see which antibiotics were working. And I had, I had four different streps, which is probably what was causing quite a bit of the pain um, in, in that tooth. And when they treated me with Keflex, those, those bands for strep just disappeared. So that showed that it was working. Um, so we, we can, we, we don't tell you exactly how many microbes, we just say you have quite a few, you know, like a billion of these, we, but we don't say a billion, we just say a lot. Because, okay, because is it like a, using, a, a small amount and then moderate and then overwhelming, exactly, or, or how, do you, exactly. how do you quantify or heavy, it? Or heavy infection. And okay. we actually have, we have a bar graph which shows, okay, 
this this is in the red, and it's a virulent organism, and you have a lot of it. This is the one you would want to target first. So if we had a root canal tooth and it was taken out, and we had uh, a heavy amount of a specific bacteria, we could take out the tooth, give the body some time to heal, use some homeopathic remedies and or whatever prescriptions are appropriate, and then retest to make sure that we've, we've cleaned it up. Absolutely. And oh, we've, that's... We've, we've even gone as far as when uh, Blanche Gruby, who now owns the lab, took over for Dr. Huggins. Um, when, she, when she came in, she said, okay, we're going to test your mouths for these microbes, but we're also going to draw peripheral blood. And, and test for the DNA in your, your uh, peripheral blood and see, see if we're picking that up. Now, we only pick up about 20% of the DNA in peripheral blood because it's so diluted. Going through your yeah. body, you have quite a bit more um, diluting it, but the mouth definitely shows much better results than the peripheral blood did. Wow. I really want to thank you for educating us on DNA today, and hopefully the listeners will go to the website. Again, that website is www.dental, like the word dental, dna.us, and look for more information on some of the test kits. I would like to invite our listeners to listen, listen to us next week as we're talking to Dr. Kulatz, who has written some books and is a believer that root canals are toxic. He's a dentist that will be discussing that very topic with us. And again, I want to thank you, Bob, for all of the information that you gave to us today. Hopefully people will go to the website, and if they need to contact you or if you would like to email me a question. Um, We've had shows in the past where we went through and had just questions from our, our listeners And so if you'd like to email us a question, we'll be sure and get that answered for you. And if you've got that question, I bet someone else is thinking the same thing and just is too shy to email us. So until then, we want you to make sure that you take care of those teeth so they don't decay because there's nothing as good as what God gave you to begin with. And if you think that you're having a dental problem, please look for a biological dentist so they can help you get to the bottom of that and evaluate your teeth from a different perspective. So we don't believe that saving a tooth at all costs is what you should do. We think that you should look at those costs and evaluate whether a tooth needs to come out or not. So I'm hopeful that the information that we gave you today puts you on a different path. Until next week, thanks for listening. Thank you again for tuning in to the Tooth Body Connection. Please join your host, Dr. Don Ewing, again next Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We'll talk again about a healthy mouth and a healthy body next week. We'll be right back. 